Yo, 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 what's up, what's up, and it's another Black Lotus Podcast, and I'm here with my brothers, probably should say my name first, probably should say my name first, it's your host, Mike Blue, and my name is Josiah Jacobs, and we are here with our brother Claude, yo, yo, he is our editor of the podcast, he has been putting in that work for us. A reason, a good reason why these episodes be dropping is because of him. We cannot do this without him. He be making our timestamps, making the sound bites, be putting in that work for us, bro. This shit would not be possible without the boy Claude. So, what's up, bro? What's good with y'all? I was I was just thinking about this the other day. I was thinking about how long like I've been editing for y'all. I think when did I start? I started in like. April, May, sometime. Yeah, some last, Damn, last it year. It has been that long. Yeah, wow, it's been about a year. Damn, that's crazy. I know. Man. That's what I was saying. Oh my god, how did it start though? Like, you just hit Michael up, or I think did I hit you up, or did did no? Did... I think you you had hit you were you put on your Instagram like some like um you were like doing more work on the podcast, and I hit you up, and I was like. You ever need help editing for like YouTube or you know all that stuff? Just let me know, and then that's when you hit me up later, like two weeks later or something, and that's yeah. when we started doing it. That's crazy because our our previous editor, we uh, love him to death, talk to him every day, <laughs> but he just didn't have the time to um really uh do what we wanted to do, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So I feel it. Uh, your help is much appreciated, bro. Oh yeah. You know, like me, I got a, I got a vision, bro. I, I got a vision that I, that I really want to take this podcast with, and just like, I have a certain image that I wanted to have, and having you as our editor has really allowed that image to, um, to, to grow, and develop into what I want it to be and what it's going to continue to be. This podcast is gonna be it's gonna do great things. Oh yeah, I can it's see gonna, it. It's, it's gonna become a legacy. I'm already knowing. For sure. Um, I actually wanted to. Uh, we talked about this before the podcast, but since we talk about the podcast, out of all the episodes that you've edited or the ones, yeah, which one has been your favorite? I, jeez, uh, there have been a lot. Um, I really liked Mind of Lotus, definitely. <laughs> top tier top tier um definitely organic spirituality that was Ooh, a good one yeah um i think both of them were good so i'm gonna say that's my top three right there organic spirituality wait was that we recorded that damn near a year ago <laughs> yeah that was one of the first ones that i edited of you guys nah, yeah no nah, i think about yeah no nah, i think about it that one that was the first one, right? That was the first uh, spirituality one? Um, or is that the second one? I can't remember because there's organic and then there's natural. Organic was, you know, healthy. No, no, there is no. Natural is the series. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, healthy was the one that that, she, that we both did, but you were the emphasis on that one. I think I was the emphasis on organic. Yeah. yeah I was, was talking organic. about, like, spirituality and, like, how, like, yeah. how to be, how, like, to get into spirituality. Yeah, I remember, yeah. Yeah, that one. Was that one was a good one. I remember I was spitting bars on that. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, no, nah, you was going crazy, bro. You was going stupid on that. 
And then uh, we had, um, you said Mind of the Lotus too. Mm-hmm. Oh, brother, that was a good one. Shout out to my brother, Jordan. That stuff was crazy. It was. Because we did, we did three. Jordan was in three. There was Mind of the Lotus. There was the one that he joined with the uh, with Journey. Mm-hmm. And then and then there was Men in Motivation. That was a good one too. Men in Motivation. That, that, that's one of my favorites, bro. That's. I think that's that's our most listened to episode. Really? Yeah. Men in Motivation. Yeah. I like the... Uh, my personal favorites, I'd probably say... Uh, for the OG listeners, uh, True Nature of the Threat, that one... Oh, brother. People don't know about that one. People don't... Bro, I, I, I highly advise anybody who listens to this right now to... After you listen to this podcast, go listen to that one. That's deep. Yeah, isn't it? If you're trying to be put on a game, that one had major game. Yeah, that that was a good one. Um, I'm gonna have to go with. I'm gonna have to go with uh, also Claude with uh, organic spirituality. I like that one. I like that one a lot. And I think I'm going to have to give it. I'm gonna have to give it. It's either it's either real and raw because I really like that one. We talked about some really good stuff in there, like like the school and stuff. Either that one or uh, the Dream Art one. The oh, Dream Art one that we you, one, yeah. you remember that one? Mm-hmm. That one was a good one. We were talking about like a whole bunch of red pill, bro. Like I I just really like that one. I'm still mad I wasn't there for that episode, bro. I'm I'm mad that you did that episode without me. I'm so mad you did that shit without me. I'm so mad. Because I would have went stupid on that podcast, bro. I would have went crazy. That, that podcast was actually legendary. I'm hella mad, bro. Shout out to the mad. Dream Art Production family. Hey, Claude, in, in your opinion, what do you think makes a, what do you think makes one of our podcasts like good to you? Like, What do you think makes it memorable? Honestly, the fact that it's real, like, you can you can definitely listen to different people and they give their opinions and they don't give the same like passion and energy into it. Like they'll they'll try to say things specifically to get like internet famous and stuff like that. But like everything's like authentic and that's why like I enjoy like yeah, I'm, I'm working technically when I'm editing for you guys, but like I actually like enjoy listening to the podcast while I'm editing. So like I'll listen to it like two, three times just to really like sort of get an idea of what's happening. Wow. I know. See, bro, that's why we need an editor like you, like somebody who would listen to our stuff and actually enjoy it. Mm -hmm. You know, somebody who actually, because I've always wondered to myself, I wonder if Claude, if if he actually likes Mm -hmm. our, our podcast, you know? Yeah, because I mean, it'd be different if I, like I've done like work for other people and not like, necessarily enjoyed it but like it's a difference when you like actually like think about everything that's being said like i think like i've texted you guys a couple times and been like yo that was this has got a lot of good sound bites or like yeah this is this is it right here you did that for mind of the Lord. yeah definitely like yeah, that was that was yeah. yeah that was a great game so yeah yeah that was crazy bro that's actually that's real bro i think a problem today is um you got too many people trying to trying to click paint mm-hmm. and trying to just make make a headline. You Jeez. know, honestly, some of me and Michael's opinions are like would would make headlines. 
but we not doing it for the headline. Yeah. This is what we, this is what we actually believe. We have come to these realizations through trial and error. You know, we've tested our beliefs and the things that we, you know, like we've we we used to believe a lot of a lot of the I say generic stuff that people believe today. Facts. But we had to um as as I I think when I went back to St. Mary's other like a few weeks ago because I was in the area. I talked to Mr. Suffin. And he's um, he said I, I pressure tested my beliefs. Like mm-hmm. I like I had to lie, I had to put him under pressure to make sure what I actually believed is, is um, is valid. Not not saying my opinion is the right opinion. I I do think, honestly, I do think it's the right opinion because I'm going to believe it because yeah. your opinion. But I, you know, but as I grow, as I grow, um, you know, I might believe different things. I, mean, I still keep an open mind. I I'm, I don't. I'm, I'm always gonna willing to be able to talk to somebody about what I believe. I'm not a closed minded individual. That's a lot of problems what we have today. Mm-hmm. People be so closed minded and don't be wanting to hear nobody else talk. That's facts. That's facts. Because I I mean like a, a, a major part of just growing as an individual is keeping your open mind and and at the same time acknowledging the fact that you might not always be right. You know, like, I'm not going to say, like, you should compromise your core beliefs. Like, I'm still going to be a Christian at the end of the day. But, I mean, I'm I'm open-minded to hear what, you know, other people believe in, whether it's a political ideology, cultural ideology, or just plainly just a spiritual ideology. You know, I'm still willing to hear you, you know, hear you out. I'm, I'm definitely going to be, um, definitely going to conf- confront that and conflict it just to see how, you know, it's natural just to, to, to see how strong a person's belief is. You know, either you're going to, you know, either you guys are going to come to an agreement or, you know, you're going to agree to disagree. Mm-hmm. And that's perfectly healthy, in my opinion. For sure. I think um, we, a lot of time, people put too much of their emotion into what Facts. they believe. Oh, my gosh. I, I can't people, tell you how many times that's happened. Yeah. People to put too much of their emotions into what they believe in. You you can't actually debate and talk to somebody about a particular issue if your emotions are wrapped up all into it. I will admit there are some issues that I can get emotional about, but I just try to keep my composure. And usually when that happens, I'll be like, hmm. And I really try to like listen in. I'm like, okay, okay. Like I'm being challenged right now. Let me Let me see what they're talking about. You know, some sometimes I I'll, might have a debate with people and they, you know, they they get really emotional. They don't want to hear what I have to say. It's it's not it doesn't really happen that much because I really don't get into debates with individuals. But when I do, you know, it's just mm-hmm. I I can't, I don't I don't do the yelling, bro. I, I can't. In sports, I'll do the yelling. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah, you finna see that on Sunday <laughs> show. Hell yeah! We finna see that on Sunday. Nah, my Raiders. We finna beat the Cowboys' ass. See, we about to take y'all. We about to take y'all. Oh, Clyde! Oh, my Raiders finna go to Raiders all the way. We finna go all the way. I'm not gonna lie. Y'all gotta play Joe Burr. I'm not worried about (laughs) it. I'm not worried about it. Y'all gotta play Joe Burr. I'm not worried about Joe Burrow. I, I, bro, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't think who, bro, who finna stop? Y'all, who's y'all corners, bro? We got Casey Hayward on probably Jamar Chase, I'm assuming. Is Casey Hayward still good? Yeah. He's locked down this year. 
Okay. We had Nate Hobbs guarding probably T. Higgins, I'm assuming. Actually, that might be a tough matchup. And then we got, right now, Brandon Faison. He's on the other side because Trayvon Mullen's out. So, we're out of corner, so... That might be that might be tough, but That's we still gonna hold problem. it down. We gonna still hold it down. Hey, bro, I, I respect y'all for making the playoffs though. Cause with everything that is... with everything that went on this year, I was surprised that we actually did it. Yeah, bro, I'm surprised too. Like that shit is actually crazy that y'all actually pulled it out and made the playoffs. You know, but I'm surprised. I'm not so. I thought the Niners was gonna be better this season, but nah, y'all, I y'all, niggas, ass. y'all niggas are always. What? I, said, I knew you niggas was pretty ass. Y'all niggas are always ass. <laughs> but we was just in the Super Bowl, bro. What are you talking about? You hear the Raiders might sign Harbaugh? What? If y'all did that, that would be crazy. Yeah. What? I, that would be crazy. I wouldn't be mad. I, at I it. might root for the La- I might I might root for the Raiders a little more if if they all sign Harbaugh because I I mess with Jim. Mm-hmm. He, I got a lot of good childhood memories when he coached the Niners. Oh yeah, those were good years for y'all. That would that would be crazy, bro. Happy crazy. And we got Michael over here, the, the fake Dallas Cowboys fan. Oh, hey, ew. America's team, America's bro, team, man, America. Bro, bro, I don't even, I don't even want to expose you on this podcast <laughs> right now, bro. I I really could just ask you some players and you won't know. Them, <laughs> I, I I could literally do that right now. I'm, hey, I'm not, uh, I'm hey, not. hey, hey! I know offense. I know offense, and that's what we're gonna keep it as. I don't want to talk about defense, Bruh, nah, bro. Nah, offensive players. We gonna keep it like that. Hell nah. Hey, but nah. Um, Clive, let me mean ask you this question for a minute. Um, when it comes down to like. Cause I know that you're like a real big church guy, mm-hmm. and you know everybody knows that I'm. I, I go to church as well, um, True Vine Ministries, eight ninety six, uh, Isabella or Newton Carey Way. Um, how was it like growing up in the church? Like, you I, know, like I know for me, like I didn't really like going to church at first. Mm-hmm. Like, for- we about to get real right mm-hmm. now. <laughs> like, I didn't like going. We to- about to get real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like to hear this. Like, I didn't really like to go to church at first, you know. And my mm-hmm. my faith didn't develop until later on after I became like a teen. Then, like around like sixteen, seventeen, um, because I didn't really, you know, I didn't find the value in church besides, you know, just being a part of the sound ministry. Um, but after I went to a sleepaway camp, like my sophomore year of high school, shout out Remnant, shout out my Remnant family. Uh, everything, you know, my whole faith just grew, like, exponentially, like, you know, it started off with a mustard seed, as they said in the Bible, mm-hmm. um, but, I don't know, like, how did, how did yours start, like, when did you really start, like, believing in God, mm-hmm. like, believing in spirituality, yeah, and, and, and in religion? It's funny because somebody just asked me this question, like, two weeks ago, and it's like, my, like, for those of you who don't know me, like, I've pretty much been in church my entire life. So, like, since, you know, I could barely walk, I was in church. And I was that kid that, like, everybody in the church knew. Like, you know, dressed up in suits and everything. And, you know, 
on stage whenever you could. Like, I was that kid. Um, but it wasn't until, like, I moved away and went to Hampton that I really started, like, having to have my own, like, faith journey. So, like, for so long, I was, like, you know, going to church because that was just a thing that we did on Sundays. And I enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong. Like, I... I love going to church, but it wasn't like, it wasn't like my decision per se. So like once I had to leave and like do it on my own and I was in my own sort of like space in Virginia, like that's when it's like, you know, like you have to get up and go to church, but not because you're like, you know, obligated to or because you've always done it, but because you actually want to do it. And so like once like, once like quarantine hit, I was just like, I wasn't like mad per se, but I was just like dealing with it because I was like, you know, life was going good. Like I was playing, I was playing golf for school and I was under scholarship. I was, you know, doing all these like great things. I was in Florida. I was traveling all over the, uh, all over the East coast. And then all of a sudden that's just like gone. Like Hampton took away all that. And it was like, how could not, I not like how could God do this, but like, how does this like happen? Like, and you know, 18 months later, we were still in that situation. Over time, I kind of, you know, developed a more positive outlook on it. But for a while I was just like, yo, how can, how can you let this happen to like this many people? So yeah, it wasn't until like, like about a year and a half, two years ago, almost now that I really started like doing it for me instead of doing it because I had to, you know? Yeah. I know exactly what you mean. Because, like, I really... I went through, like... I don't know if I... Have have I, have I we uh, released a Labyrinth episode, Joey? Which one? Like, the initial one where I was, like, really, like, telling everybody, like, about... I don't know if that's still on my spam account or not, though. Oh, you talk about the ones that we did on your spam? Yeah. I don't really think we, we I don't, I don't, I don't think we uploaded that one. But hey, um, I'll just give you guys a quick rundown. So basically, uh, back when I was like, you know, I was about to start the, actually it was probably like a couple, I think it was like March of 2019. I was, uh, you know, I, I felt like I was struggling in life. And so I just wanted to take a break from everything. So I just turned off my phone or not even turned off my phone, but I turned off all social media and I was like, I was just going for like two or three months and didn't talk to anybody besides Joey and a couple other friends. And, you know, I would just meditate every day, um, occasionally read, but it was more so just, you know, recentering myself with what I'm doing in life, my priorities, where they are and who God was to me. Because, you know, you always hear like, God is this to everybody, but you never really discuss who he is to you. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that, that connection that you all, that you have to him. Because at the end of the day, I had to realize that I only die by myself. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, I, like, this means no disrespect to anybody I care about, but none of you, none of you guys are going to die with me. I'm, I'm going, I'm here, I'm here on this earth by myself to live my life. You know what I'm saying? I'm only living for two reasons, for myself and for God. So, um, I need to figure out what the second reason was. Yeah, you know, 
who who I was actually living for. And so um, I took a break from everybody, you know, tried to see who I was as, as an individual. And uh, I had to come to peace with a couple terms that, um, like, one, that, you know, everybody's not going to be who you expect them to be, and, you know. And, and number two, there's only one person who got your back, and that's yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that comes, you know, who's there to support you at the end of the day besides yourself. Um, and that's where I found out where my, uh, my priorities are, God um, and, uh, you know, family mm-hmm. and friends. Uh, you know, some 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 are here today and gone tomorrow. But um, you know, while they're here, we were just having this conversation, huh, Joe? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, some are here and some are gone. To, some are some are here today, and for nostalgic purposes, you should always remember those memories. But they are here to come. Um, they are here to leave one day. And uh, but that's beside the point. All this being said, when I was doing, you know my soul searching and trying to find out where I was spiritually, um, I found that, you know, God is omnificent, ain't not omnificent, omnipotent, damn, I'm not going to be able to say that, I'm not going to lie, omnipotent and uh, omniscient, omnipresent, omnipresent, so he knows everything, and he's everywhere at the same time. Um, that being said, I had to realize that I, I wasn't going to be able to be perfect. Um, when I say perfect, I know nobody's perfect. But literally, I can't be afraid to make mistakes. I, I actually have to live. I have to live through my mistakes. Mm-hmm. And through living through my mistakes and living through my imperfections, that's how I will find God. In my, in my opinion. Um, I'm not saying that, you know, you should just strive to just be a sinner. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't really like to use the word sinner anymore because, you know, um, that's really judgy. Yeah. And I can't judge people. Um, I'm really ranting, but I just wanted to say that, like, um, that that period of time really helped me. And that's how I found God. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. Um, Wait, so, like. It seems like you, you you guys both found a guy through like in terms of being being alone. Yeah. And it's funny because like when you like grow up in church pretty much your whole life or even when you're like introduced to church a lot, everyone always like has the same sort of like sayings per se. Like when whenever you hear like God is good, you think all the all time, the time. Yeah. and all the time god is good but you don't ever really think about like what does that mean like yeah and you it just isn't think un- it's a saying yeah and it's like it isn't until that you like really have your own sort of like soul searching journey that you really start to figure out things that you like hear all the time so like for example um a whole idea of like trying new things and accepting failure and understanding that like you know nobody's perfect in this world that allows you to like really once you understand what that actually is and like how that actually impacts you you live life completely differently like you're not afraid to you know go outside and try something because you know that either way you know god loves you and either way you're gonna you know be okay the next day and you're gonna be fine so like why wouldn't you you know want to try something else like you know what i mean yeah you know i I completely feel that because, like, 
back to what Joey said, like, um, you know, I had to find God by myself. I like no discredit no I I take no accreditation away from my pastor, but I didn't feel the connection until I went off by myself and did it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and made that connection myself. And then was able to feel feel, you know, I'm I'm good. I'm good. Um feel where uh feel where feel for myself where I needed to be. Yeah. Um I also I think oh, oh my fault. I, I was gonna say I also say like, you know, a lot of like the things that we that were taught in church is not taught to the children correct. I know I always say this, but like I really do mean this. Like I feel like the connection with God is always through other people and I don't feel like that's the best way for children to learn how to connect to God. Mm-hmm. Um I don't feel like they should learn, you know. I don't feel like they should learn from their parents to have a relationship with God. I, need, I, feel, I feel like it should be induced by the parents, but only because they put their children in search in certain situations, not just church. You can't. It, it's very it's very rare that I've ever talked to a person and been like, "Oh yeah, I found I found a true connection with God from church." Mm-hmm. Um, not saying that like you know you catch the Holy Spirit or anything in church like that. Yeah, that happens. That happens all. That happens all the time, but. It's very rare that I find a person who's like, oh, yeah, my first connection with God was at church. Like, you know, this, the pastor said something that made me realize that God is real. And now I have a connection with him singularly. It's usually like either a, a life changing moment that you go through by yourself. And then now God's there to help you through it. Or, you know, you're 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 humbled and you're. You put into a situation where you realize that there has to be something bigger than you. Mm-hmm. Um, Facts. I think um, a lot of the time, I I never really went to church like that growing up. But I'm a Christian. I'm just playing. And I went to like I went to Catholic schools. I'm not Catholic though. But like one thing I kind of I realized is that faith. Faith is um and coming from like like including y'all perspectives, faith is a is a personal journey. But a lot of the time, like like w- when when you go to church, when not understanding why you're going, it becomes a group thing. Mm-hmm. When it's not really a group thing, it's about it's about your personal connection to God, right? And um, like I've like Michael, you were saying that like church isn't the only place where where God is. God I is everywhere. People. You said what? I said God is everywhere. Yeah, and like, the thing is, people, I've seen a lot of people who go to church every Sunday, but as soon as they leave church, they 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 don't have those same oh, brother. have those same biblical values. Oh, and, you don't want to start going down and, that way. I'm, and I'm not going ever since, ever since I've grown up, I've always noticed, I've I never went to church I barely went to church. The only time I went to church was at St. Leo's when we had, like, mass or something, right? Or St. Mary's had mass. I didn't go to church, but I I acted more like how God would act, would, would want me to be, mm-hmm. than people who was at church every Sunday. Sheesh. You know? And another thing is, like, church, I think you you find God. You, yeah, you can get the Holy Ghost when you're at church. You know, you, you can feel that connection when you're with others. 
But I think you really find God through like personal endeavors. Like like I've I've made um, faith based connections in my life outside of the church. I've seen things happen. I'm like, wow, this happened because of God. Like sometimes you don't you don't even realize that shit in the moment. You realize it maybe years yeah. after. Like my college decision. I could have went to one school, but I ended up going to Howard. And I'm happy I went to Howard because I was able to find um, my passions and, and 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 really hone in and, and develop a deeper connection with those passions, you know? That's crazy. And those, those are all types of connections that you make outside of church. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying nothing is wrong with church, obviously. But, like, for me personally, I've developed my own connection with God outside of the church and I've made these connections and I'm like, wow, this, I know God is real because of things that have happened to me in my life that, that cannot be explained. You know, like, mm-hmm. like this, this can't be, this cannot be explained logically. Like why did this happen? Yeah. And it's, you know? it's funny because I think like in church, a lot of people like, like a lot of church people, like they always talk about like, you know, sins and stuff like that. And like, and try to like beat like negative thoughts into your like head or, but then they want to like preach like you know the good news and stuff like that like you know Jesus got up on the third day you know but no one ever wants to talk about you know him carrying the cross like nobody ever wants to talk about like him being beaten no one ever wants to talk about like him you know being in the wilderness for 40 days and nobody wants to talk about the like hard aspects of what Jesus had to go through, but everyone wants to talk about how, you know, perfect and, you know, angelic Jesus was, but, you know, don't get me wrong, we all know that, you know, Jesus was a perfect human, but, like, in order to connect with me on a daily basis, like, I might be that person who's, you know, spending, you know, 40 nights in the wilderness completely lost right now, but you're, you know, preaching the aspect of you know everything's good everything's great everything works out but what happens when like how do I go through the moments when it's not working out when it's not doing good and I think that's what like deters a lot of people from going to church because you know it's not it's not real like it's almost like people are trying to dramatize and make it like bigger than it is like you need to really explain each and every aspect in order for people to like really understand what what happens like like i i feel like i feel like a lot of times like not only do pastors like repeat the same things mm-hmm. the the same vague things i feel like they don't go in depth into you know certain chapters that really give you a a real life picture of what it was like to live back then like people don't like to talk about how um they like to talk about the book of Job. Like mm-hmm. you never you you won't see you won't see people talking about the book of Job unless you get into like the right circles. The book of Job might be one of the realest books in the Bible. Facts. God will put you through everything. And you will have there will there will literally be no logical there will be you can't make any logical explanation or rationality out of it. But there's a purpose for it. Mhm. But you won't be able to see it. And sometimes you just have to accept the fact 
that you're not going to be able to understand it. Yeah. You're just going to have to go through this and keep trusting in him. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like a lot of people, you know, when it comes to death and it comes to, you know, permanent uh, tribulations or, or, or very tough trials, I feel like a lot of people tend to, I'm not going to say fold because that just sounds kind of, that, that sounds vague. Their faith tends to waver in the wind and uh, I'm not going to lie. You know, some people say, you know, uh, family ain't for the weak. I'm, I'm going to say faith ain't for the weak. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to lie to you. It's, it's not for the weak, man. It's been days where you, you know, you just question everything, but you know, uh, sometimes it's not even, sometimes it is reading the Bible, but sometimes it's not even reading the Bible. It's just living and just feeling, you know, feeling and thinking, you know, and meditating upon, you know, events that have happened, which you could have done better and, you know, what is right. Facts, facts. I'm not gonna lie. Why, when you was talking about how um, they don't really talk about Jesus' struggles, mm-hmm. like in in the church today, it kind of made me think about. Uh, um, I don't know if we've had this conversation on the podcast. I think I think we have. We definitely had it off camera. Me and Michael have um, talked about how like a lot of men, particularly black men, don't like going to the church mm-hmm. oh yeah i like as, i like this turn i like this turn hell yeah. i love this turn i know exactly where you going with this yeah you know where i'm going bro like a lot of black men don't like going to the church anymore because they can't relate to the message that's that that's being that's that's being taught to by by the pastor right mm-hmm. like the the message is a very it preaches jesus has like a very a very feminine very feminine dude you know, it's not like actual. Um, it's it's not it's not showing how strong he was. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. It's I, not showing how strong he was. I think about this a That's lot. A problem. Yeah, because I'm always thinking about like, like, because I usually like watch messages over. I like to watch things over just to like, because I feel like I always miss something in the first part. Like, so I feel like I have to watch something over again. So whenever I listen to like a message over and over again, it's always funny to me how like. Not all pastors and preachers, but for a good portion, like a lot of the message is directed at like, like women and like they like change the like they relate it to like women's issues today. So, for example, like I'll say like something along the lines of like that man ain't like worth the trouble or something like that and they won't like flip it around and talk about like how men have different issues like that and won't address the male issues but they'll address like women's issues of like dealing with relationships and stuff like that but like that's why honestly I don't think there's a lot of men in the church because it's not relatable like I also I also feel like I, I also feel like a lot of the times when we when we look at you know in, in in the church like for sure we don't as as you said Joey we don't look at God, we don't look at Jesus as a masculine man you know Facts. we don't we don't we we look at him as a person who takes care of people but we mm-hmm. don't ever look at you know the revolutionary side of him at least in my church we kind of, we we look at him a little bit like that but we don't ever read from the book of Luke 
that often. Uh, I say that often. Uh, shout out to Matt, uh, Pastor Medallia. Um, but we don't read from him that often. And that irritates me because we're catering to, you know, I, of course there's more women in church, so I can understand why mm-hmm. they would want to do that. But we don't cater to, you know, their children, like their sons, you know, and in and, and, and this segue, I want to talk about how, you know, sometimes church boys are look to be a whole lot more feminine than mm-hmm. men out in the real world. Yeah. And like it kind of irritates me cuz I was like that. I was that I was that feminine, you know, little I I won't say I won't say feminine, but I mean like my I had a lot more feminine tendencies than I did masculine tendencies and I would say that the majority of that uh being being because of church, you know, being around a whole bunch You definitely did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was a little I was a little simpy mm-hmm. simpy simpy cuck. Um, okay, maybe not a cuck. Maybe not a cuck. That's a little too far. I'm not gonna lie, but I was definitely I was definitely Shit. teetering the line of beta. I was definitely teetering the line of beta, and uh, and I definitely definitely would like to say that you know I if I when I raise if if I have if I have if I have sons when I raise them. I definitely will raise them uh, in the church, but also based off of principles that I teach them. Yeah. Not purely sure, based off sure. of what they're learning at church, you know, or whatever they're learning from their mothers. I need to be in my son's lives because I'm not going to have any more children in this world that they say that came from me. Mm-hmm. They're going to be like, oh, yeah, he, 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 he's, not, he's not in control of his own life. Yeah. He, he somebody else is telling his pulling his strings. Somebody else is telling him what to do. He's not his own man. That's that right there would piss me off because not only do I see my son as a part of my legacy, I also see him as being a person that is supposed to be better than me. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. when it comes to stuff like that, I need you to be, you know, in a sense. My problem, nah, I probably won't say more masculine, but I will say that you should be on a track to be able to do better than me and eventually become more masculine than me. You see what I'm saying? Or, or at least just be like, just be a strong, a strong man who doesn't, you know, like, you know, yeah, maybe to not be, as masculine, but be a man of your own. I, I just think people kind of, um, people be thinking that a strong man has to be some type of asshole, like mm-hmm. a hella mean dude. You just gotta be a strong man who has integrity, has values, and stands on that shit. Yeah. You know, you have to be able to stand on it, right? You you can still be a good person, but if somebody wrongs you, you know, you have to be able to 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 speak up and acknowledge that there's a problem going on, mm-hmm. and that it's not all sweet over here. You know, being ma- being masculine does not mean that you should be confrontational. It just means that you shouldn't be afraid to be confrontational. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that right there. That's gonna be a sound. I love like. that actually. That's a sound <laughs> like. <laughs> I love that. I love that. That's that's real stuff, bro. I just, yeah, bro. I just think um, I that's that's honestly a reason why a lot of um like in the sixties and seventies, eighties, a lot of black men started started converting to uh, to Islam mm-hmm. because because the um, message was 
wasn't it was more like they could relate to that message more yeah you know i didn't and, notice that like islam is definitely more of a masculine religion like i don't know yeah yeah it's it's some yeah it's a more I, I, at least with how it's taught with how it's how it's how it's preached because like all these texts like they all it's it's about how you interpret it yeah it's about discipline with them honestly we're really gonna i don't feel like christianity pushes discipline that much no I feel like you can, you know, hop in the religion, then hop back out, you know, tip, you, you know, dip your toe in the, you know, in, in in the holy water, and then take it out whenever you feel like it, you know, like no, but like, I feel like, I feel like, if you take, I feel like that's how how it is with church, but if you are like a like a Christian alone, like aside from the church, you build your own discipline. You learn how to read the Bible every day. You learn how to pray every day. You learn how to meditate. You learn how to build connections with other people. You learn how to, you know, um, aside from church. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not saying that, like, church doesn't teach you this stuff. But they don't. If you, if you don't have this relationship with God, you don't have any discipline. Yeah. You can't. It's, it's pretty hard for you. Because you your relationship with God isn't. It should be the reason why you're going to church. Not just because it's, it's habitual. Yeah. And, that, and that's crazy to me because, like, a lot of children. And sometimes even lost adults who have been in the church and don't know what God is tend to just go to church habitually. It's facts. I mean, there's even when you think about like just church in general, you think of like, you know, the mothers of the church. You never think about the like the fathers of the church, the people who are like really inspiring other young men to like, you know, be role models for other people. You don't you just listen to you know the mothers of the church and how they how they view the world and how they've gone through life but you don't you need more um male influences to shape the way that you know males think because my dad always says this he's like he always says he a man can't teach a man how to be a man and a a man can't teach a woman how to be a woman a woman has to teach a woman how to be a woman and a man has to teach a man how to be a man Jeez, jeez, that's facts. That is a sound bite. Nah, that's facts. I think people always um, people like downplay the role of a father in the house. They act like, oh, we don't, we don't need a dad, a good father. Let's make that very Mm -hmm. clear. Yeah, because some bro, damn near even a father. I said I've heard a lot of people act like a father isn't necessary in the household. Yeah. I've I've heard people act like that. I'm like, but that is the furthest thing from the truth, bro. You and, know and that propaganda you, you might, right there is the reason why you, a lot of broken. You might not there. like you might not need a father in order to survive, but in order to to become to become the best of your ability as a as a man as a strong man. I think a father is very important in the in the household, and not not just not just like um there there are strong men who come from households where there is not where there's not a father present. I've seen it before, but that it, I think those are anomalies. Mm-hmm. And 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 even even to go further, um, I feel that a father in a in a young girl's life is very important as well because that's essentially what you're going to be looking for. And a partner, mm-hmm. no matter even if you're looking for a woman, if your father, you know, if if your father is in the house, right? I feel that um, 
when you're looking for somebody, you're going to be looking for your father, whether it's directly looking for him or indirectly. So, like, you look for a certain, like, like for instance, if your father was not there, right, I see this way too often. If your father is not there, you'll either have, like, a bent. Now, I'm not saying this for every everybody, but I'm saying this for, like, a lot of people I've run a, you know, crossed paths with. You either have abandonment issues, commitment issues, or you're afraid that that person's going to leave you. Mm-hmm. So you, you know, you get real clingy. And I see that way too often. And it's crazy because most of the people who have good fathers, um, they tend to have higher standards, hold themselves to those higher standards, and are more sound individuals. I'm mm-hmm. not saying that that's for everybody who has a father because I definitely know some people who have been running these streets a little shifty and they got a two-parent household. Not going to say nobody's <laughs> name, but um, it's it's just, you know, I see it, I see it way more often that, like, the absence of a father is, is discounted for what it's really worth. Mm-hmm. It, I feel like God would not put you on this earth if you, you know, with two parents, if you were only made to have one. Mm-hmm. I think um, the other thing is like being a father is not celebrated as much anymore. So like people aren't highlighting, you know, good fathers anymore. So like, for example, everyone, for example, wants to talk about like LeVar Ball, for example, like how he's just this like exploiting his children and all this other stuff. But I was listening to something he was saying the other day, and he was saying something that was actually kind of facts. It was like, um, everyone wants to uh, like accuse me of exploiting my children, and I got them what their dream was. Because if I weren't here, it would just be them and their mother, and they would be struggling because they don't have the same like, they don't have the same motivation that I gave them. And I was like, yeah, think about it. There, if. LeVar Ball wasn't impacting those three brothers like we would not hear from him and yeah. and it's like it's like people want to talk about him being like such a bad father he got he got what he said he was going to get he said he was going to get his sons to the league and he did it so like there's no reason for us to like yeah I mean of course he has you know loud moments and stuff like that he got a different way of you know talking to people and stuff like that but if you look at the root of what he did he did exactly what he said he was going to do and that should be the goal of every you know parent is to get their kids exactly the dream that they want and exact and do it in whatever way it needs to happen that's facts because i feel like at the end of the day i think joey said this i don't remember if you said this on that last podcast or if it was off record but Mm -hmm. you said that the job of a parent is for them to inspire them to do whatever they want to do no matter give them the tools to do whatever they want to do mm-hmm. no matter if you feel like it's stupid you're still supposed to encourage your child to do whatever they want to do uh and and pursue their dreams because i remember who who is it who said that it was somebody who said that they wanted to do karate or something mm-hmm. and that you know their father just wanted, you know, inspired, just just supported him just for having a dream and chasing that dream. And no matter what 
you know, anybody else told him. His father would always instill um, that reassurance that you are going to be great at no matter what you do. Um, was it the, was it that security guard? Yeah, I, I mean, I could have told you that right, right there. I could have told you who it was. It was um, security guard at my job. Uh, some shout out Kaya. It's like one of the realest niggas I know, bro. Facts. Like, for real, like, Facts. Really be putting me on game. Jay Z is but a informant. He was. He basically said that um, confidence, confidence comes from your parents, hmm. and if your parents help you believe that you can do anything that you want. And from a young age, you're going to grow up and actually believe that you can do anything you want when you get older, no matter what. You're going to feel like you're successful in whatever you want to do. But if, I mean, if your parents don't, and, then, and he gave the example of his dad, like his dad let him do whatever he wanted to do when he was younger. His dad never restricted him from, well, if he wanted to play football, he let him do it. If he wanted to do it, if he wanted to paint something, you know, his, his dad encouraged that, you know, because when, when you grow up, you don't feel like you're in a box. You feel like you, you feel, I feel like for me, me personally, I feel like whatever I desire to do in my life, I will be successful at it because mm-hmm. I'm a, I just like my, my mom, they really instilled like, like she's always been big on me following my dreams and passions and that's what I'm going to do. I think I can do whatever the fuck I want to do. Yeah. You know, I forgot to say this in the, in my podcast on the deteriorating family dynamic, but it's you kind of just reminded me it's like this idea of like the importance of just family in general when you think of like the wealthiest like you know people in the world they are family businesses and stuff like that and like family like like is so big in their lives so like when you think of like you know owners of football teams and stuff like that you always think of you know the Kraft family the Jerry Jones family and all these people and they've built up this wealth together but there's so many like I don't want to say in low income families but just everyone's trying to make it out and like be that one person that makes it out what about the you know everyone behind you like you want to bring them up with you and that's why I think it's like so important to like focus on like people who are trying to like impact their their family and their the areas they came from and the communities that they came from but like you rarely see that they get all the media attention it's always about the people who are you know the most loud and stuff like that you know you never see like you know the community people who are you know doing work for the betterment of the people around them uh but that's facts bro i'm not gonna lie um, one thing that I hear like a lot of black people say is whenever there's like a um a well off like white white kid or or dude like they call them trust fund babies, mm-hmm. you know, and and although it's true, I think that shit, I want my child to have a trust fund exactly. too. Exactly. Yeah. Facts. You know, I think I think we should strive for the same thing. In our community, I want to set, set my I want kids my, up. I want my child success. to have a silver spoon stuck up his ass. Hell yeah, <laughs> I want. I I don't want my son to struggle, and I think in the black community we are so caught up in the struggle we we forget what happens after the struggle. When do we start? When do we start building? We should when do we not, start. We when do we start building a community? We should not normalize being broke at thirty. No. Facts like, and and the reason because of that is because we we, we push. 
you know, partying in our 20s. And that's yeah. not how things should be working. We shouldn't be doing that. We, If anything, we should be, you know, finding our, like, our first, like, our first, like, little gigs that, like, really make us some real money. Mm-hmm. You know, like, so trying, trying to, no, I'm not saying now. It's actually, I actually want to ask this question. How do you guys feel about young marriage? Honestly? Because I actually, I've been feeling this type of way about it. I really want to give my opinion on this. Honestly, I... But I've been waiting I, for it. I've been waiting for opportunity, and I feel like this is the opportunity. I feel like, honestly, the idea of marriage has been, like, so, like, debated over the past, like, year, year and a half. Because I know y'all, like, heard about the the thing that happened with Drake, where he put hot sauce in... Yeah. Yeah. Like, this... this <laughs> the fact that, like... That's like something that would actually happen just shows how like people aren't being raised normally anymore. Oh my god, that's fast. So like people are literally raised to just be like get get to the top in, by any means necessary and if that means trapping somebody, then that's what it means. Which is like so crazy to think about. And I think that's why it's hard for people to, like, get married now because you can't trust anybody. So, like, as a young person, like, I don't see the need for young marriage unless it's somebody that I can fully, like, depend on. And that that doesn't happen, like, overnight. That doesn't happen in, you know, a year or two. That happens years down the making. So, like... Yeah, I don't I don't I don't see many people moving towards that anymore and I don't think a lot of people will, to be honest. Yeah. Joe. Um I know uh, your I know your disposition when it comes to marriage, but I'm talking about marriage in general. I mean I'm not talking about mean, marriage. What do you mean my disposition? What's my disposition? <laughs> what's my dis- what, what 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 is it? We don't love these. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> all right, bro. I have, I have never, I have never been uh, anti. No, nah, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm yeah, just playing. but yeah, I said not, nah, bro. I don't, bro. I don't really. I don't know, bro. I don't really have an opinion on on young marriage. I don't. Um, when I see people getting married young, I don't. I don't look at it as a as a bad thing. Shit, I think black people should get married, bro. Mm-hmm. I think that's how that's how you build that's how you start the building of a community in a, in a stable functional household right but I think the one thing I will say I think healthy people should get married yes like people who have healthy mindsets and are willing are ready to build um a functional house should get married I think a problem is when a lot of, a lot of one of, one of the biggest um arguments against the two parent household is how toxic it is facts you know and um i think how you beat that toxicity is by having black people go to whether that's therapy or whatever whatever it is whatever we need in order for two individuals to be healthy and have a healthy partnership we need that if we want to have a functional um a functional society and community because right now we don't really uh 
we don't have a we don't have a community mm. anymore. You know, we we don't we we have areas where 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 people live, but we we don't own nothing in that community. Well, we don't own anything. We're we're not we're not building to own something, right? In the club, that's where you're talking about the the deteriorating family dynamic. Because when you have a deteriorating family dynamic, you get a deteriorating community dynamic as well. Because mm-hmm. community comes from family. Yeah. But going back to what you were saying, Michael, I don't really, I don't really have a big opinion on on young people getting getting married. I don't, I I don't I don't have a strong opinion on it. So I'm not gonna I'm not really gonna take a side. I don't really have a I'm, strong. I'm going to say I'm, I'm going to say something that's kind of like radical. Okay. Um, I think, number one, I don't think that people should get, uh, let me, these, these are my, these are my, these are my five, uh, my five warnings or, uh, you know, discretion advised or take, take discretion with, with, with these words that I'm about to say. Um, number one, I don't think that unhealthy people should even be in relationships. Um, let alone be getting married to people until you've actually gone to therapy or found God yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, two, I honestly, I can't do this because I, I honestly probably just can't trust the person enough to, to actually start a family this way. Number three, um, I, I, I personally don't know if I would get married paperwork wise because, you know, I don't want to end up, you know, getting divorced and then having to give somebody 50% of everything I've worked for. Mm-hmm. Unless it, unless we worked for it together, then I then 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 we could talk about it because or I'm I'm not even going to say talk about it. Then I would then I would say you deserve it because we built it together, you know what I'm saying? Number 4 um people people nowadays are just too immature to even contemplate even getting married in in our, in our 20s. At least at least when it comes to mass people. I know some people who 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 probably would get married now and may, might do might do okay. I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say as long as you know our grandparents, you know, mm-hmm. um, but they 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 might do okay. They might last about fifteen, maybe twenty years. They they might last that. I I say they last more than ten. I say they last more than ten. Um, and my fifth one is that um, as everything I say. This is not going to work for everybody, nor will this work for everybody who fits in these parameters. But I feel like this is a very good idea. I think, aside from media, and if we take away how everybody is trained nowadays because of social media to think about relationships in a toxic manner, I think that marriage at a young age is actually good. Let me explain why. Because, <laughs> because when you start off in the world with somebody, or if you start off in the world, you're not supposed to start off with somebody. You're supposed to start off by yourself, right? Mm-hmm. And when you move out, you know you get your first, first you, you know you get your first sense of freedom, you know. But in the back of everybody's head, you know they're always thinking about maybe there is the one out there. Um, let's say you meet the one, right? Now, I feel like this is the biggest misconception. People aren't thinking about, um, they don't think about security 
when they first fall in love. They, f- they first think about, let's see where this takes us. Mm-hmm. Instead of thinking about structuring, you know, this is what needs to happen in order for us to be together. You know what I'm saying? They let love try to keep the glue and try to, you know, make their relationship work just by loving each other without having these boundaries, having the respect there and not having, you know, the accountability and the, and the emotional responsibility of taking each other into consideration. Um, now, the reason I say that people should do this young is because I don't see a reason why married households are not all doing exceedingly well. Think about it this way. When I was in, when I was in my sociology class, my professor told me a couple of things that, I, that would stick to me to this day. Buy stock, buy Ford stock, and that I need to um, take in consideration when I think about, you know, uh, family dynamics. That not to be stereotypical, but Jewish Jewish people have been doing this for years. They will have the woman file for uh, before they get married. They'll have the woman file for uh, bankruptcy, and then collect welfare checks. While the husband is building up his cash to buy a house. That way, he can claim the kids on his name so he can have more deductibles. And then once they buy the house, she can just move in. And now she's, a, now she's eligible to go out and buy more property. Because now she, does, now she, only, now she doesn't have, uh, she doesn't have the, the uh, I don't know if you guys know about uh, real estate like that, but. She doesn't have any dinks against her uh, FHA loan. Mm-hmm. So she can go out and get one herself. And now they have another, um, real, they have another, uh, they have, may have more real estate property um, and investments so that they can honestly not even have to pay for their mortgage anymore. They can just have rental properties. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. But the only way you can do this is if you're young. I'm not saying like this is the only. Okay, let me. How young are you? Not the only about? way that you can do this, but it's best to start this stuff when you're young. You're not going to once you have these kids. Once you have kids, and 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 and, and you're going to feel like you can't do this stuff. It's best to do this stuff when you're young. When you have all these ambitions, you have way more ambitions if you start young because your ambitions come when you're young. When you get older. You don't want to do all the stuff that you once wanted to do. You get stuck. You get stuck in a job, a dead end job, or you know, your vision. Your vision shifts. I'm not saying that everybody's vision who shifts ends up, you know, in a bad situation, but it's not as fresh and it's not as I don't want to say wild, but it's not as ambitious as it once was. You're now you're starting to think. With parameters. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. The world says the world says I can't do this, so I'm going to aim smaller and I'm going to reach for the clouds instead of the sky. No, you got to reach for that stuff early. But the reason why I also say that young marriage is a is a is a plus in my opinion is because when you look at the community, people are already having kids young. <sighs> People are having kids young and they're ending up with baby daddies and they're ending up with baby mamas, right? Mm-hmm. So, in, in my opinion, to, to, to cut all this shit out, you know, and to create more stability in the community, 
would be for people to say, hey, I'm going to assume a spot. I'm going to assume accountability for my actions or I'm going to be proactive and be like, hey, I feel like we're going to get really close really quickly. Let's either slow this down or be responsible about the way that we're going to be taking this. If we're going to be having unprotected sex, then we should probably be talking about long term. Mm-hmm. But instead of just sticking, you know, your willy or letting somebody stick their willy in your shit <laughs> unprotectedly, not caring about who whose baby I'm going to be having. You guys don't even fucking be thinking about whose children you're going to be having. Like, do you hear yourself? Mm-hmm. You're bringing in, you're bringing children into this world without even considering who the parent of that child is going to be. You don't even you yourself is a child, right? The only time that people really mature is when they have children, and that's when they like that's when they start to think things real serious, or if they're about to get married. So, which would you rather do? Would you rather bring a child into this world and then decide to be serious, or actually take the time to? Develop yourself and become serious before you bring a child into this world. That 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 might have been one of the most legendary Michael Blue rants. Because <laughs> you you just talk for like ten straight minutes. <laughs> I not even lying. But but you actually you actually spit it though. Like like we need to we need to bring accountability back. We, it needs to come back because a lot of the time, bro, I, I be seeing people be, they be picking the wrong, picking the wrong dude and blaming on the dude. Mm-hmm. When you, bro, you, you chose that dude, bro. You be choosing. Just for like, I'm not going to lie. Like, like me, me personally, if I, if I end up in a bad situation with a girl, I'm going to put blame on myself because I picked her. Mm-hmm. I chose her, bro. Uh, and although, yeah, she might have did something fucked up to me, and it's gonna it's gonna be like that. I might be mad at her, but at the end of the day, I picked her. I I saw the red flags. I saw them, and you didn't run. I ignored them. We've all been there, brother. Oh, We've all been there, brother. Have we all been there? We've been there, bro. And I want to go back to something uh, Claude was uh, Claude asked earlier, but you didn't hear him. He asked, um, "How young are we talking?" Oh, when it comes I didn't to hear that. You said young people getting married. Yeah, because for, for like just thinking like based off of what you were saying, it's like like we're we're in like college right now, and we're like you know in a melting pot of different sort of people from all over the country or whatever. And like when I talk to like girls at Hampton no one's ever talking about that like no one's ever talking about how can we you know make you know millions of dollars in the future it's all like you know take me on dates take me on this take me on that and it's like 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 what do I get out of that like the other day <laughs> I have a quick Yo, they don't have this no, shit quick, this quick story this is this is funny. Talk your shit, Claude. <laughs> this, this, this happened the other day. So like, I was, I was just chilling, right? And this girl I used to talk to, like, right before I left in the summer, she was like, "Can you pay for my gas, and we'll come? I'll come link with you after you get off work." 
And I was like, what do I, I look like? Trick, baby. I got nothing to take. Yeah, but a whole lot of gay. <laughs> what do I look like paying for your gas from San Jose? San Jose goes to SJSU, bro. I'm like, but like, that's, that's, that's so much of like modern day, like relationship. It's like, if you're not like, you know, paying for my lifestyle, you're not worth it. And it's like, that's how, that's how so much of like relationships are right now. So that's why I say like young relationships and young, like marriage is so unrealistic. So that's why I was interested to see like, how young were you talking? Cause like, I'm talking, I'm talking. Okay. Taking consideration that I feel that, you know, in my ideal world, if I were to, if I were to be the president of the black society, not saying of the United States, <laughs> I would, I would be promoting trade school for, for a lot of people, not just for men, but for women as well. And, you know, college, that is a lot more direct and that you're actually learning more things that have to do with accurate history. I didn't require all that stuff, but I'm not saying Michael Blue for president. Uh, <laughs> but all that to be said, I think that in order to get this, the, I feel like the right time would probably be from 25, in an ideal world, in an ideal world, 25 to 30. Okay. Okay. That's not bad. Because I'm not going to, I'm not gonna lie. Earlier, I thought you was talking about like like twenty. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, that, I was thinking like fresh out would, of college. Yeah, cause Michael, I'm not gonna. Lie. I was getting ready to ask you, would you get married right now, bro? Like, I was about to ask you that. I was like, you found the right girl. You get married right Hell now? Hell no. Hell no. I'm gonna I was you. gonna ask you that because I'm like, I'm like, I was thinking in my head like, how young are we talking, bro? Cause, cause I actually had a conversation with my granny earlier about this. Um, because I plan on moving out very soon. Um. I need to buy my first property before I even think about getting married, Facts. which will be 25. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And 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 you know, I, in that dream that I had just that I had just ranted about, I was saying that people it'd be easier if people buy houses together. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Because if you're able to buy a house together, it's quicker. Knowing how girls are now, if we're gonna be completely frank. I'm not buying a house with a person until I get my own house. Mm-hmm. Because in that divorce settlement, she going to take that house. Yeah. She ain't going to touch mine. But I know that she going to touch the big house. And all I need yeah. is my little small house. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This, at the end of the day, marriage is an investment for women. We all know this. Let's just say it out loud. I'm saying this on the Black Lotus Podcast. I know that you women take advantage of husbands as tricks. We know this. Baby, can you pay for for can you can you get my car fixed today no problem baby i got you hey baby i need to get my nails done okay baby i got you see back in the day if we're gonna talk about this i saw this i, I saw this i saw this tiktok and this this is gonna make so many women mad i'm sorry i have to say this talk your shit she was on she was on tiktok and somebody asked her um who handles the money so she said that she works a full job, but she has her checks direct deposited to her husband, and her husband gives her allowances every week. But he wow. pays the bill. He pays. He pays all the bills and stuff, and makes sure that everything's good. Does all the investments and all that stuff, because he's good with money. 
But he takes care of his wife. Yeah. Yeah. So she's not out here looking crazy. She still got money in her pockets. She gets see she gets a couple hundred dollars, and not maybe not a couple, a few hundred dollars, you know, every week, you know, for her to go out buy uh, buy the groceries, take care of herself, you know, go shopping. But if you ask, but 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 from what Claude told me. She's not investing into you. She's not investing into a relationship. A lot of people aren't investing into other people. They're just expecting people to invest in them. Facts. And that's the dating culture. That's that's the flaw in the dating culture in itself. How are you going to ask me for something? And at minimum, your return on my investment is some coochie? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, hey, 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 Michael. Some community, um, some, most of the time, I'm not going to lie. Some community coochie. Hey, hey, I'm, hey, I'm not going to lie here. Although there are a lot of birds <laughs> in this world, there, 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 there are good, good women mm-hmm. out yeah, here. I, I, I will say that yeah. as well. Who have, who have values, morals, who aren't trying to take advantage of a nigga. So I want to, I want to say shout out to y'all. Y'all know who y'all are, but hey, and if if you a bird, you know who you are too. You know, yes, you know, you and, definitely know who you are if you a bird. And Don't and just like I and just like just like I got things I need to work on, you got things you need to work on too. Mm-hmm. So let, let's let's uh, let let's all be honest with ourselves. Let's take accountability because. A lot of us don't be taking accountability. We we be blaming everybody else for what's be going on Facts. to us. We we blaming everybody else. We don't be looking in the mirror. Hey, bro. If 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 you keep talking to dudes and shit keep failing, you need to think about yourself. Well, what am I doing wrong? And another you, thing, stop. You keep blaming it on these good niggas, man. These 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 birds be just just be just playing these. And I remember back in those days, soft dudes get get get. I'm not I'm not gonna be like Joey and tell you to grab your nuts. But wait wait hold on wait wait hold wait hold on. Cause I'm I'm about to tell you to grab your nuts right now. <laughs> hey bro, hey I'm not just gonna sit here and blame the women, bro. Cause there's a lot of men here who getting tricked. Hey That's you guys you guys are tricks, bro. Hey right, you guys you guys are letting people walk over you. You guys are letting women walk over you. You know what I'm saying? You know who you are, bro. You know who you are. You need to. <laughs> you, you need to. Like Michael just said, like, bro, grab your nuts. Mm-hmm. Grab your nuts, and you might need to cough a little too. <laughs> cause, 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 bro, bro, I, I be seeing it. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I used to be one of them niggas, bro. Hey man, I, I used alone. to. I used to be one of them. I used to be I one of them. Too. And honestly, I, I don't. I don't know what I would do in my next relationship. I don't know what I would do. Or the next time I ever take a girl seriously. But I know I'm not gonna be no damn trick. Mm-hmm. I'm 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 I've reached a point in my life to where I know who I am, what I do and what I do not allow. And I'm not gonna get walked on, bruh. Like it's it's gonna be like it's gonna be like a freaking Batman signal in my head, bruh. Like like nah. Like I I know something's wrong, bro. I know something's wrong. When I when I know something's wrong, I know it's wrong. I'm like, all right, bro. Am I being disrespected here? Let me let me let me uh, fall back a little bit. We have okay. we have countermeasures now, don't we, Ray? <laughs> yeah, don't I, we, 
I'm not gonna lie, I've gained too much respect for myself to be disrespected constantly by anybody, including women, bro. I don't, I don't play that shit no more. Especially women now. I don't, I don't play that shit no more, bro. I can't. I, I can't guess that's that's, that's that's my message to the world right mm-hmm. there, bro. To all the young shit, homies, bro. to all the young peas out there, to all the young brothers out there, keep your heads up, grab your nuts and call. And take accountability, bro. Take I'm accountability. I'm not gonna lie, that might have been one of the everybody. most toxic things I've ever said, but that has some 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 actuality to it. I feel that we need to reform the way that we look at masculinity, brothers. I'm speaking purely to the brothers, sisters. If you have, if if you are a mother of a young brother, please listen as well. We need to restructure the way that we look that we look at masculinity. Masculinity in itself is not toxic. Mm-hmm. Let me say that again. Masculinity in itself is not toxic. In fact, it is healthy. What is toxic is to deny a young man of his masculinity. Because once you emasculate a man, he will not be able to step into the sexual marketplace with the same value. And once you can't do that, what is the point of building a family? That's... That's that's me right there. That's that's all. Yeah, bro, bro, that's fact. It's no point in building a family if 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 you don't even if you can't even walk in your masculinity, bro. Cuz then you finna continue the curses onto your son or daughter or whatever. Like your your daughter might grow up and be like, "Damn. I, I like I like weak men." Mhm. That's wild. Or or you you go to a you, you he they got the woman has a soft dad. And then she, and then she f- tries to find the exact opposite, and goes to the the ultra ultra masculine, the idea uh, uh, like the more dangerous side of masculinity, you know. You know, I think um, another thing about masculinity, I think, uh, shit, I'm not gonna lie, I damn near got into a fight with some kids at my job the other day, um, because maybe maybe coming and stealing every night. And I'll be trying to preach to him, bro. I'll be like, I'll be like, y'all bullshitting, bro. Like, why why y'all be doing this? You know, like, I'll be like, truly trying to make them kids think. I'm like, why? Why y'all be doing this? It'd be, it'd be some black boys in there. And then I, I, I gave, I preached to him and walked away back to, back to where I work at, back, back to my station. And then I see him fighting, bro. I see him fighting. One of them tried to kick my uncle. And I, I, I told Michael, I went whole Super Saiyan on that dude, bro. I didn't, I didn't touch him, but I screamed. I got right in front of him. He was hella scared. And then as he was walking away, he was talking, talking hella shit to me. Talking hella, like it's gunplay out here. And talking all that stuff, you know. If, if I was, um, if I wasn't strong or at least aware of my masculinity in that moment, I would have thought that. To be a man, I need to fight this dude. Mm-hmm. That's what's gonna make me a man. That's 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 how I'm gonna prove my masculinity to him. I'm going to fight him back because he's talking shit. You wanted to fight me, but I had to walk away, bro. Like, I'm not gonna lose my job over this. I gotta control my emotions. I gotta control. I gotta compose myself. Because you have responsibilities. I have responsibility as a man, bro. And I can't be losing. I can't be possibly losing my job over dumb stuff. Over a teenager, bro. 
You know, I think a lot of time we, especially in the black community, we, we kind of think we always, we, we got to, like, we always got to fight back. We always, we always got to, we have to respond with violence in order, in order to be a man. That, that's not always what, what being a man is. And there's definitely times where you, where you do have to fight back. Yes. You know? For surely. There's definitely, there's definitely times where, where you got to fight back. You got to, in, in order to, you know, in order to protect yourself in whatever situation, you know, and when that happens, but there's also times where you got to be composed and know that. If I don't, if I don't fight him, that's not gonna make me any less of a man. Mm-hmm. You know. And I think it's important that like mo- more men have that kind of mindset of like, what is really gonna happen, or what is really gonna result out of me doing whatever it is I'm gonna do. And for example, the fight, like, yeah, you'll you lose your job, and then what? Like, you didn't get anything out of it. Like, you didn't become more of a man for beating up some teenagers that were trying to steal like you lost your job now you have to go out and find a new job and now you're in a worse position than you were like say you had financial like bills and stuff to pay then you lose that security and yeah i just think more men need to just be more responsible and think about what can happen in the future as a result of this and so like if a bunch of like like in high school honestly Honestly, this might be sort of debated, but I don't I don't really see a point in like dating that heavily like or actively looking at like Facts. while you're young. Facts. Like because you have so many other priorities and so many other things that you could be doing with your time other than investing into other people. Like you barely know how to invest your time and your money into yourself. Like for example, like the first thing I did when I was 15 is got a job. Like, I've been working uh, at golf courses since I was 15. Jeez. All right, that's commit. That's, 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 that, that is a good thing. That's, that's real life. shit. I'm like, I just I just started working until last year. Yeah, bro. that's I'm what I'm saying. Life. Like, But, like, even, even when I was, like, working and in, like, school coming back, like, having money in my pocket, everyone was like, Everyone knew that I was that guy that had the job, like, but I wasn't, like, over here flaunting my money or I wasn't, you know, spending it on people just because I had it. Like, I was on that mentality of, like, hey, I can take some of the pressure off my family and I can, you know, actually work for this money and do things with my money that I want to do. So, like, when COVID hit, like, I noticed a bunch of people were just inside just bored like and complaining about being bored and i was like you you literally have the time to do like all the things that you said you wanted to do but never got around to so like you had time to learn about investments you had time to learn about you know real estate and all this other stuff but you chose to be bored like you could have got a job you could have done this you could have you know got your real estate license if that was what you were you know working towards but there's so many people who are just okay with being bored. And that's like wild Facts. to me. We talk about that all the time. Right there. I mean, it's accountability, bro. Like people are always waiting for the for the next big thing to happen, bro. Like I mean personally, bro, I take that quarantine out, like, bro, it's time to change my life, bro. Facts. I was working out every day. And and those who know me before know me now see how much, how different I look, you know? 
you can't you can't make excuses and even though that that kind of quarantine period probably won't happen again we can still use that 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 um that 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 knowledge to um to um build build things in the present you know cuz there are times when like there's still boredom in our lives today like we be on our phone a lot then there cuz we're bored mm-hmm. we're like we need to convert that time into actual something productive and i'm not, i'm not even trying to preach like, like i'm higher above cuz i be on my phone way too damn much when when i could be reading something like that like when i could be improving my my life and further reaching the goals that i have set for myself for the for that particular day or week or month you know i i be bullshitting sometimes you yeah, know bullshit. <laughs> like we was talking about earlier bro just be bullshitting nigga niggas be bullshitting <laughs> be bullshitting bro like it's it's crazy podcast you know? that that we is gotta... Josiah's favorite word now i just want to let y'all know <laughs> Bro, I'm not gonna lie. When I was talking to them kids yesterday, I'd be like, "Y'all be bullshitting." <laughs> I said, "I said that to him. I said that. I said that, bro. That that's dead of my favorite word. I'm not gonna lie. I, bro, I swear to God, I said that to him. I said that to all them little kids, all them, all them little 14, 15 year olds. I'm like, y'all bullshit. Like, and, and and right now, if if you're bullshitting, step it up, bro. Because we got work to do. Because I know if if you listening to this podcast. You a real nigga. And I, I know you on your shit. I know you on your shit, but I know you not perfect. So let's so so let's stop that little bullshit and let's go. You know what I'm saying? Man. I'm gonna put up a counter of how many times you said that in that sentence. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> oh, please don't do hey if if this was if this was going on YouTube, you could then like edit like a little counter. <laughs> A lot of times Joey has said bullshit. <laughs> ding ding ding. But nah, bro. It's um uh, this accountability podcast, man. You gotta, gotta gotta be accountable, man. That's that's the hardest thing though, being holding yourself accountable, bro. That's, that's the hardest thing. It is the hardest thing. Like I'm I was telling somebody the other day, I'm stuck in a situation right now where I I shouldn't even be in this situation. But I am in a point where I need I, I couldn't take accountability because I didn't even know what I was doing but now that I know what I'm doing it's time for me to take accountability grow some balls and just cut it off it's not what you're thinking it's not what you're thinking Joey <laughs> it's not what you're thinking I'm going to continue to make was- I'm going to continue to make that bad decision okay <laughs> <laughs> I will continue to make that Bruh. bad decision, but I, as I make this one, I must say no to others. So, oh, brother, <laughs> oh man, hey, bro, I'm not gonna lie. I wanted to um talk about uh, Claude, bro. What was Saint Joe's like, bro? Honestly, I don't even remember much of Saint Joe's. Real talk. <laughs> But the, the real, funny, really. the funny part is like, whenever I like think about St. Joe's, I think about like how like close everyone was. Like everybody knew everybody, and everybody knew everything about everybody. So like nothing was a secret there. So like, I guess that was cool, but it was also kind of like, it was also kind of weird because like, 
you know, everyone was in everybody's business and it was like, it was hard to like kind of find your own path because everybody wanted you to do what they were doing, you know? And you had to like, you had to like pull yourself out of that sort of mentality of like, I just want to do what everyone else is doing and like really find your own path and find your own like sort of way, way of living and stuff like that. So, I mean, am I grateful for everything that like I've learned at St. Joe's? Yes. Do I think I could have got it somewhere else? Probably. But like Mm -hmm. the experience itself of like being so close with everybody, I think that's something that I wouldn't have gotten many other places. Mm, I was curious about that because I um I just always wonder what St. Joe's was like. Um, St. Joe's was really like I, strict though. That's the thing. Like not even strict, I, but like they just didn't let anything like fun happen. Yeah, but it's crazy. I'm not gonna lie. I thought I had known like all the black people like in our class at St. Joe's, but then I'm like, I figured I I discovered that you went to St. Joe's. I'm like, what? Did you know? G- like that? Did you know G before? My fault. Did you know G before? Uh, before, before uh, sauce game. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I knew Gerald. I kind. I mean, kind of. I like. I kind of knew him. You know, but you I knew wasn't. of him, so he counted within that. You know, within the yeah. Line. What about yeah, Lenny? I didn't you know Lenny. Never mind. I didn't. Yeah, of course. Lenny Bo, my boy. Hey, Claude, did you did you hoop or not? I hooped freshman year. Yo, that team he was on the was, freshman team. That team was tragic. Yeah, I remember that. That was the worst team I've ever played in my life. Like, <laughs> hey. like y'all, y'all was dog ass. <laughs> like y'all sucked. Like, like Yo. I'm not, bro. No, no, no disrespect. Like playing them was like playing some special Yo. teams, bro. <laughs> Yo, you know like, what's funny? Hey, yo, nah, yo no, nah, I got some funny stories about that team. After saying that, yo, <laughs> I remember, I remember playing y'all at our gym. Y'all, y'all spanked us like sixty to twelve. Like, oh, yeah, it was, Lord. it was, it was tragic. I remember, oh, like, brother, I remember, geez. like, scoring like two or three times, and I like. I was like done. I was like, yo, this team is like, like I can't work with this. I was launching like four pointers that game. <laughs> I was I was pulling up from like from like major deep. It, he was like, it got to the you point know I was the under where like when, when Josiah when Josiah Jacobs is is, is 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 doing is doing that shit, you know you guys are getting your asses. Yeah, but I cause I damn near I damn near rolled the bench on that team. <laughs> but when I when I uh, that was one of the games I got to play a lot. <laughs> So I was I was launching. No, that's the thing. It got to the point where like we got like scored on by like the worst people on each team every single game. So like <laughs> you had you had the, you had you had those pity years. Yeah, like, like, yeah. <laughs> so like so like it it felt so bad as a player to see the other team cheering because one of their like last string guys made a bucket. And you have no control over that because you're getting blasted <laughs> by forty points, uh, bro. I remember when we when we uh, played you guys at St. Mary's. I have the video of me like scoring on a fast break on on Lenny. I remember <laughs> I because I I started I started that game. I didn't even get to play that game. Oh, for real? No, uh, I uh, that was the week that I was I was getting ready to join the golf team, 
and I didn't show up to practice one day, and the coach was hella mad. And so, like, he let me he let me do warm ups. He let me like be like the captain, like go out and like learn, get all the stuff with the ref and everything. And then he sat me on the bench the rest of the day. I was so mad. Oh, wow, that's crazy, bro. That's actually crazy. Shout out to Coach Wilds. Yeah, my boy Coach McAdams. Shout out my boy. I love that man. Yo, that, I freaking love that man. I don't know what he's doing now, but that's that's. You that's know, I saw dog. Coach Jimmy at I think it was like a JC Penney's the other day. That sort of guy. So nostalgic. That's crazy. That's actually crazy, bro. Damn. Hey, Claude. And one more thing about school, bro. Hampton, bro. Uh, What's it like, bro? Hampton. Here we go. Jeez. What is Hampton really like? That's the question. <laughs> because... You said I had to take it to the philosophical level. Because, like, I mean... Let's just say like this. Hampton is predominantly women. Like, it's like... It's like 30... Like, 30, 35% man. Okay, so it's just like Howard. Yeah, so it's like... It's like predominantly women. So, like, when you, like, walk through campus and you hear a lot of, like, the things that are said, it's a lot of, like, this, like, it's giving and it's, like, you know, the period. and Oh, God. So, like, when you're, like, with, like, that every day, like, you kind of, like, for me personally, I'm kind of just, like, over it. <laughs> but like like I still like accept it you know like cause you gotta it's nothing you can do about it like you're gonna find like you know girls that aren't like that obviously but when a good portion of them are like that you kind of develop this sort of negative view on the campus as a whole <laughs> but like it's also funny to me talking to like some dudes because there are like dudes at Hampton who are just like not at all anywhere like near their purpose or anything like that. They're just there because they were forced to be. Mm. So they were like, they're like, they're like guys who are like, you know, like, what do you want to do with your major or whatever? And they're like, you know, I'm not really sure yet. And I'm like, well, what do you like to do? And they're like, you know, I like to, you know, party, hang out, smoke, do this, do that. And I'm like, well, that's not really a... <laughs> it's not really a profession there. <laughs> you want to be a professional blunt roller? Like, what do you... <laughs> People, dudes actually say that. They they say, I like to party. And yes, smoking. like, that's one thing that, like, a lot of people... Like, not a lot of people, but you'll find more often than not, people will be like, yeah, I, uh, I like to party, have fun, do this, do that. And I'm like... Actually, like, why are you, why are you here? Bro, that's so interesting. I mean, me personally, I don't know what I want to do with my major. But if somebody asks me what I like to do, I'm not gonna say I like to I like to party. Like I'm I I like like me I like history. Like I like to read. Just like in certain like shit, podcasting too. Like just things like that. I, like that's 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 very interesting. I can't I can't imagine somebody saying that with like a like a straight ass face i mean the first time i heard it i was like actually like shook like i I couldn't 
like react. I was like, what is that? What does that mean? But like, it's also kind of funny because like, there's a lot of like petty Hampton Howard beef. Because like, literally, like after we beat y'all in football again. Um, like I guess you know that like that like meme that was going around about like the party sign and like they had different like words on it and stuff like that. We were they I guess we were like dogging Howard, and some people at Howard were like getting mad at like people at Hampton, and then everyone was like Howard's all butthurt because we beat him in football again, and we were like. Yeah, like, why is this childish, like, stuff happening? Like, go to class. <laughs> That's hella funny. I mean, yeah, now, that, that Howard versus Hampton rivalry, but that, that shit is, that shit is, y'all be beating our ass, bro. I'm not gonna lie. I was at that game, bro. I was there. Like, that shit was embarrassing, bro. Y'all almost got beat by Norfolk. That, that right there was so funny to me. That uh, that right there is so funny to me. Cause uh, our, our our team isn't that good, bro. It wasn't that good. Wait, this, didn't wait? I, they did lose. Yeah, I, I, like when, when you went freshman year, they uh, beat us on our, on our homecoming. I'm talking about I'm talking about the last year I went. I'm talking about this year. Uh, I don't remember, bro. Cause cause I. I I don't know. I remember they were getting ran. They were getting oh, yeah. ran. Oh, oh, no, he, oh, they yeah. did because they caught an intercession of the last play of the game. And the dude was, he had the, he had the, uh, he had the Trojan helmet on. He was running around the field with the Trojan helmet. But for some reason, I don't even remember the game, bro. Uh, I was hanging out. Never mind. I'm just, I'm, let me stop. Oh, I remember now. <laughs> I remember now. Oh, oh. Damn, yeah, I, damn, bro. I'm like, damn, wow, I, I remember. I took pictures on Instagram for, during that game. Yeah, that, you remember because I said that, huh? Yeah, I, I really <laughs> Nah, but, um, now, nah, Claude, I do remember there was, like, a lot of discourse about the, um, going on about that stuff. Uh, it's always interesting to me. I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but, like, I always think about, like, what would what would HBCUs look like if more of the top black sort of students in the in like you know the country went to HBCUs over PWIs like like if top athletes top students instead of going to like UCLA USC and all these other schools what if they started going to you know the Hamptons the FAMUs Howard North Carolina A&T and all these other HBCUs like how would that change the overall sort of like black culture in this country because if you think about it like most most of these like big schools is at least from like sports standpoint like all of these like football players top top recruits they're all you know black nine times out of ten like and if, if they were sort of, instead of committing to Alabama, Oregon, and all these other schools, if they were committing to Howard, Hampton, like, how does that shape your culture as, like, a black, like, community in the country? I've always just thought about that and just, it's weird to think, like, a lot of black recruits don't even think about black schools. Bro. I I think about this um I think about this a lot 
I've made a, I've made a few posts on the Black Lunch Instagram. I, on our on our story, I, I made like a really like I had a really long caption about it. I've never thought about the top black students. What would happen if they went to HBCUs? That's really interesting to me. I think that would I'll, I'll, I'll tackle that. Then I'll go to the um I'll go to the sports. I think. Whoa! I, think, I just thought about that too. Now that I think about I, that, that, I, that, if, that would if, if the top me. black students went to HBCUs, because to be honest, like at Howard, I think. I think I think a lot of the top black students go to Howard. I I, th- I think a lot of top I think a lot of top black students go to go to Howard, but 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 I think some of the HBCUs that that aren't as highly regarded like since like, some of the lower tier HBCUs, I think that would that would shift, that would shift the culture of the school, but I do it's all like, but it, it would it would be crazy, to see because I think HBCUs are very um party oriented I think I think that would change a lot if if the top black students went to HBCUs because I think the the most upper tier probably aren't going to go to parties like that they're probably going to be studying really hard you know I think but I, a lot big thing about HBCUs is the culture it is it is the party culture yeah, at 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 most HBCUs, especially when I, I see it at Howard, it would be um, I never thought about that, bro. I've never thought about that. like that would. And the thing is, it's crazy because it used to be like that. Pre pre integration, like like black students, the only schools we could go to were HBCUs. Like those were the schools that accepted us. So it would be um, bro, that's that. Bro, if you listen to this and you go to HBCU, bro, or you're, you're black, bro, like, yeah, comment what you comment what you think it would look like. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna on Spotify. I'm, I'm gonna add one of the I'm gonna add that in the questions box. I think be, I think it would be interesting because I feel like, um, legacies would grow on top of like, I don't want to say nepotism, but like, you know, uh, within I don't think yeah. Okay, I would say nepotism would grow as well within like corporations, but I think like people like from like like Lincoln and like uh, like Fisk and FAMU and uh, Beth Cookman. I don't think Morris Brown's is still a school. Is that still a school? Is Morris Brown sure. still around? I'm not sure. But, um, you know, the smaller HBCUs that, like, have, like, real, like, like, have historical value, like, have, like, like, have historical value as much as Howard and uh, those schools, I feel like, um, you know, it would just, it would open up, it would open up the credibility for, like, more respectable, like, jobs, you know what I mean? Like, People can get into like law school a whole lot easier, or they can get like jobs and have it not be lower than some state school, like have more credibility than some state schools. Like, um, I feel like one of the one of the reasons why uh, some people were telling me not to go to uh, Lincoln was because they said that the credibility was going to be lower than if I were to go like to SF State, because uh, not only was it not a big school but it was an hbcu 
that wasn't one of the top HBCUs. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So if if more top tier students were going to HBCUs in general, I feel like that would just open up, you know, the lanes. When you're talking about top tier students in general. I, Claude, another thing, when you talk about the whole black culture, I think more more black um, people, more of the top black students, if if we, let's say all, all of us went to HBCUs, I think we, we would have more racial pride. I think we would have more racial pride and and feel more of a feel more of an urge and sense to build something within our community after we leave school. In, in my uh, education in Black America class, I had to write a pay. I had to write a final paper on any topic I chose. Oh, send um, me that. Send send it to me. I forgot. I forgot. You forgot. To send it to me. Uh, I don't know. The paper really wasn't the best quality that I could have put out. Oh, um, brother! I told you to write it the best you could. Nah, but I didn't feel like that. <laughs> but when I was researching, um, we have like Howard has like a database where you can like look at clips from all types of different black professors and um, politicians, just like a like a like a big database on any subject. And I don't remember who said it. It was I was watching a video about. He said that black students who attend HBCUs go on to get more terminal degrees. Per, per capita than black students who go to PWIs. Term, terminal degree, for those who don't know, is like um, a, a degree beyond uh, your, your bachelor's, like master's, PhD. More black students got those degrees per capita compared to um, black students who went to PWIs. And I thought that was so interesting because those black students probably feel a greater need to help their race after because they're around black people all the time and you, you really, at HBCU, you, you, you get a sense of all aspects of black culture. It's not, it's not just rich kids who go to HBCUs, you know, especially in school, school like Howard. It's not just rich kids who go to Howard, bro. It's, it's students who had to really make it out the mud. Like, but then there is rich kids, you know. It's, it's all types of different people. And you really see the difference in how, how different our upbringing is. And, like, you really, um, you, you just develop more like a, you, you know hella different people. You want to help more people after you leave. That's, me personally, I feel like that hella. I I have never, going to Howard has changed me a lot because I never felt as, I never felt as indebted to my race as I do now. You know, like, I seen them black kids stealing the other day. Like, I, I felt a need to, to fucking preach to them. Cause I, I wanna I hate that shit. If I was the manager of my store, I'd probably hire more black people. In because it's, it's in a black neighborhood, and just just to see change happen in their mind. That's a good hypothesis. Do you think if your store was full of black people, like full of black employees, that they would respect the they would respect uh, the 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 shoplifters would respect the store more, bro? I kind of think, I think they do. I think they would, cause I've had people say to me, "I would have stole that if if you wasn't checking me out." Cause I work, I, I would, yeah, bro. I, I've, 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 people said that to me. I would have walked out the store with that item, and they, they would have gotten away with it, because of the laws in San Francisco. They, they're all fucked. Um, like, um, they would have gotten away with it if, if I, if I wasn't the one checking them out, because 
they respect me. You know? So, um, it's uh it's really an interesting conversation and to pivot over to the athletic side of it, I think it's crazy to me how we as black people like we dominate the sports landscape in America. If we all decided to go to HBCUs, we would we would make so much money for Oh my god, it'd be ridiculous. We would be so we would make so much money. Like because not, not oh wait wait can I just say this because not only would we like not only will we make money for the com like for the colleges itself but we would be circulating so much money within like the actual community it would actually like be crazy because the the black dollar would stay in our hands it would for more stay with than, us it would stay with us. And the other thing is, the other way I look at it is, like, think about, so say, for example, all, so the top football players in the country, top black athletes go to, let's just say, Howard, for example. Howard, in turn, gets more money from the media buzz, all that stuff, and everything like that. Howard then could, if they wanted to, use that money to sort of develop a program or develop whatever sort of machinery say they want to upgrade the medical program or the medical field or the biology field biology labs and then that brings more of the top black students there with them so you get not only the athletes but you also get the black top black students because now you're actually putting money into your program so like for example like, everyone wants to go to Stanford for, like, their nursing and their, you know, business programs. What if the black HBCUs have that same technology, that same sort of investment money and stuff like that in, put into their programs? I think way more black kids would go. Yeah, then way more black what, kids would go. And then you see go. more of the black community like flourishing and that in turn just changes the way black people not only view themselves but the way the world views black people as a whole because it would it like that's that's how we take the power back in our community like fuck like i'm I'm tired of people trying to depend on white people to get things done for us that is a way that we could flip the power dynamic there's so much money in sports bro bro so much money. And it wouldn't even take that take, much time. Because hey, white people like to see the monkey jump. It would, bro, Claude, it wouldn't even take that much time. But here's the thing. Those athletes, that, that first generation of athletes who do that, they don't want to sacrifice their NFL prospects because those programs aren't as good. Here's the way I look at it, though. It's like, so like, take, take, um, take Mikey Williams, for example. Yeah. Mikey Williams can go to the league. Either way, if no, he but plays yes. for Howard versus if he plays for Duke, he can go to the league either way just because of the name and the reputation that he's built up. Bronny James. Bronny can go to the league either way because of his family, because of whatever talent he has. He can go to the league whether he goes to Duke or whether he goes to Hampton. No, I agree with that. I agree. If he, if he were to just do it, not just not just those two, for example, but if more 
like more people would just rely on their talent and just do it, then I don't think that there would be any kind of drop off. Like, I don't think, do I think Duke is going to give you more opportunities than Hampton? Yes, right now. But if more, if the top recruits all went to Hampton instead of Duke, they're going to follow Hampton, not Duke. Because that's where all the top I mean, recruits somebody, are. Somebody got started, though. You know what I'm saying? Wait, no. I, what I was going to say is that I think that model is more is easier to do in basketball because basketball is more like a it's like a, like a one player can change a whole team type thing. I think in, in football, you have to you have to like actually build like a roster. And if, if you're a bad player on a if, if you're if you're a really good player on a really bad team, it's going to be hard for you to do good because football is such a team oriented sport. You know, like if 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 you're the if you're the best quarterback in your class and you come to Howard and your O line is 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 not what it's supposed to be, you're not gonna be able to perform and you're not getting no looks from NFL process um from, from NFL scouts. So um, I think we need to um, if it happened, it has to be like like a big ass group, or you have somebody like Dion. I love what Dion Sanders is doing at Jackson State. I I, I love what he I love what he's doing because Dion is a man who is walking in his purpose right now. He, this is his legacy after, this is his legacy after his professional sports career, like building up the HBCUs. Jackson, Mississippi is like a predominantly black city and he has brought so much money into that community just because of how good his team is. And something that made me hella mad is the, the five-star um, corner, I think from Travis Hunter, he committed there. It was hella people mad, hella white people mad. And it's like, what, why did he... Like, like, why do y'all give a fuck, bro? Why do y'all care? This is, and not just that, this is a cornerback going to play for the greatest cornerback of all time. And people was mad about Shout that. Shout out Deion like, Sanders. He's, he's paying people Fair off. Cowboy. He's giving, like, these kids millions of dollars. And, I, and then Dion was like, I don't even make that kind of money. Like, how am I going to give other people that kind of money if I don't make that kind of money? Like, it just shows, like, how, like, how like negative people can be and like how like how much people don't want people to succeed even though it doesn't affect them like yeah, it does bro. not affect you whether or not this five-star recruit goes to play for one of arguably the best corners to ever play in the nfl like how does that affect you as a person yeah, it doesn't affect you people just want to talk shit people was like he made the dumb decision like he like he, he chose jackson state over florida state and Florida State and the day they they're not a powerhouse program right now. They ain't been doing nothing, and, and, and people are still people still find a way to be mad over over him for for um at him for doing that. You know I don't I don't understand, but just like the whole the whole thing of um black athletes going to HBCUs would just change the educational landscape. It would just bring so much more hype, buzz, like more money. And then our our schools are really gonna be them top tier schools. Bro, a lot of them schools like UCLA, Duke, them schools is good at um education wise because of their athletic programs or not not just their athletics but their athletics sure helps them. That those millions, those millions that they get from sports, like bro, college sports is a money making machine, bro. And right so now the only pe- the only people making money are the 
people who are profiting off these black athletes. Exactly. And the schools that are profiting off it. Like, you don't see, you don't see, you know, Hampton and Howard making tons of money off our basketball and football team. They don't. They don't even care. Those, oh, bro, I hate that Howard charges to go into football games. They charge us? Yeah. yeah, they charge us. It's, it's bullshit. But, yes, bro. I, know, I, had to char- sp- I, had, I had dinner, had to spend, how much was it? I think 35 I don't know, but I, I remember me and the kid, like, ran into the game during halftime. We uh, we uh, ran in with the opposing football team. <laughs> we, we, we ran in with them. Um, but, like, those, a school like Alabama, they, they can afford, like, they, they don't have to charge their students to pay to go in the game. Like, they don't need that money. You know, they don't need that. Howard might need our money a little more because our because our team isn't as good. Michael, you're stupid as hell. <laughs> but, like, bro, it's um definitely interesting conversation. I, I really think we could we could flip the community around overnight if we started going back to our schools because we used to be like that, like I said earlier, prior to integration. So um, it would be it would be crazy, bro. I don't know. I th- I think about that stuff a lot. I'm not gonna lie, but it all it, it takes a group of pioneers, bro. It takes a like Travis Hunter is a pioneer, bro. He's a pioneer. It it, it takes um people like McCurr Maker. That's a pioneer right there. You know, he five star athlete going to Howard. If I'm not if I'm not mistaken, isn't uh didn't 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 uh man what's his name you go. It's, it's your boy, Joey. I can't. Oh, Jerry Rice? No. Well, he went to HBCU. Shannon Sharp. Didn't Shannon Sharp go to HBCU? Yeah. Yeah. He went to uh, Savannah State. Yeah. Yep. I mean, bro, it's it's a whole lot. Were there of like a lot of them who did HBCUs. that back then? Huh? Were there a lot of them who did that back then? Yeah, bro. The HBCUs like Tennessee, um, Tennessee State, or. I, I think it's Tennessee State or Tennessee Valley State. I can't. I, can't I think it's Tennessee State. Yeah. Tennessee yeah. State, T- TSU. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out yeah, to my yeah. cousins out there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tennessee State, they they had a powerhouse football program back in the 70s. They had hella NFL players coming out of there. wonder what happened. Like, you said what happened? I said I wonder what happened. I mean, we, we see what happened. Everyone just started going to other schools. They stopped yeah. going to HBCUs. They, they, they stopped going. The Black Lotus wants every every commit to commit to HBCU. Do it right now. I mean, the thing is, I don't, I don't want to make it seem like we like forcing dudes. No, to of go. course. At, at the end of the day, it's just your choice, bro. You can do what you want. But if if you're if you're thinking about if you're thinking about it from a community wise standpoint, it would change a lot of things if um if those if those athletes went to. HBCUs and what Deion Sanders is doing right now is revolutionary, bro. It's revolutionary. Now I wish some hella good coach came to Howard so I could see a good football team before I graduate. Cause, cause I, it, bro, it would be so fun. It would be so fun if Howard had like a, like a football culture like Alabama, bro. So some something like that. That would be so fun. Or at least like Hampton. Like it's not like that. Please beat us, honestly. Man, man, because bro, for real, because we don't be. Man, I'm not trying to shit on our team. Because y'all, y'all be bullshitting. 
Oh, they be bullshitting, man. They be bullshitting. <laughs> hey, hey, it's it's about to be a new season though. I, I think we'll be good. I think I think we're gonna be good. Well, Joey, if you if, if y'all want if you wanted them to be good, why didn't you play, bro? Bro, I'll be thinking about it. I, like I'm, <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in shape now. I'll be. I be running through my job and trying to trying to turn that alarm off. I be I be racing through. Like as soon as I hear that beep, I tell my manager to give me the key. I go turn it off. I be sprinting over there, and every customer would be like, "Damn, you're really fast." And I'll be like, "Bruh, if you knew me in high school, bruh, like I was I didn't have these wheels, bro. I didn't have these, but I but I got them now. I got them now. But." If, if I played in college, bro, I would have to be a whole new position that I would not be used to playing. Yeah, there'd be like a. I'm not even gonna lie. You'd probably be like have to be like a, like a DN type shit. I think my. I think my. But no, bro, I would not be no DN. I'm way too small for that shit, bro. I'm tripping. In high school, in high school, I was a lineman. I think right now I would probably be like a safety. I think safety. I, you think yeah. you got? You think you you got will like that? Hell yeah. I mean, I think maybe fullback. Maybe running back. I, I I could be I could be I think I would be like a running back because I got big legs. I think I could be a running back. I I think I could be a strong safety because strong safeties are kind of it'd be kind of like maybe they're bigger than a free safety. I don't know, bro. It's all speculation. I never played those positions in my life because I was too, I was too much of a fat ass in high school to uh, <laughs> uh, play those positions. Um, but, but yeah, bro, it's definitely um definitely interesting conversation, bro. We need we need more black students. Um, going to HBCUs, I think it would really it would really reverse reverse a lot of the things that we see today. You know, just encouraging more kids to go to college, man. Just in general, you know. But hey, man, I think this is a good spot. Yeah. What y'all think? I'm. We going. We going on two nights. I'm, I'm glad we got that. I'm glad we got that conversation in about HBCUs, bro. Yeah, man. I'm that was this, we, bro. I'm not even gonna lie. Like this, this might be. This might be one of the most progressive podcasts we've done. I'm not gonna lie, bro. We've talked about so much, like in this last two hours. Like we've talked about, we talked about religion and in the church. We talked about black marriage and black couples. We talked about black education. This damn near might be a black anthropology episode. I'm not gonna lie. This episode really like encapsulates our our views. I've I've been dying to have an episode where we actually like talk about our views, like like more, because I feel like we haven't we haven't done it like our our more like political and like like views on Black America, because I feel like we haven't we can done call that this as much. The, the Black Society synopsis. Because like that's bro, for those who don't know, that's what me and Michael really care about when it comes to this shit, bro. That's that's what we care about, and we 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 want to talk about that stuff more. So I'm glad we got to do that in this episode. But hey, y'all, I just want y'all to thank Claude for coming on, man. Claude, thank you for coming on, showing us love, this, bro. This is the man behind the magic, bro. This is the man behind the scenes, bro. This this, this is the man right here. We, we making this shit happen for us, Appreciate man. you, you man. Are much, You are much appreciated, Claude, for real, for real, bro. Much, much appreciated. I'm finna, we finna, we finna, we finna send you a little award, bro. We got you. Um... Or not a reward, but I was like, "What?" A token of our appreciation. But yeah, I was, um, I was thinking, "What?" Too. I'm like, "What's this? What's the reward?" <laughs> I'm like, "What?" <laughs> um, but nah, uh, for real. Uh, yeah, thank y'all for thank y'all for listening. And as we always say, as long as, as, long as y'all show, show love, love, 
Stay consistent. Yes, sir. Peace, y'all. One love. Ah!